mystery. One word that has often been used when Christians think of the ascension is mystery. How else can one explain Jesus being lifted up, a cloud taking him out of sight of the disciples, and then the promise that he will come again the same way? Of course, there are many ways in which people have tried to explain the ascension. The most recent was a Facebook post, which some of you may have come across, shared by a friend that went, tomorrow is the feast of the ascension. To those who wonder what it's all about, it's the day when Jesus started to work from home. <laughs> Interpretations come and go. But probably the one that has stood the test of time is probably the idea of ascension as mystery. I love mysteries. I have grown up through the ranks of mystery stories, starting from Enid Blyton's Secret Seven and the Famous Five, finally graduating to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes, even managing to convince my wife to gift me with a deerstalker hat for one of my birthdays. Therefore, I have to confess that every year on the 22nd of May, which happens to be Sherlock Holmes Day, I am tempted to make a visit to the Sherlock Holmes Museum in Meiringen, which being in Switzerland seems to be a natural thing to do. That thought resurfaced this year as well, till I told myself that this might not be the best thing to do in the circumstances, and also reminded myself that I was actually supposed to be working on the 22nd of May and had a sermon to prepare for the next Sunday. Mysteries tend to grip us in strange and weird ways. They say that there are two essential qualities for a good mystery. First, good mysteries are those which draw us into the story. You travel with the main characters through false leads and into dead ends, and ultimately to the heart of the mystery itself. Second, the best mysteries are those where the mystery is hidden in plain sight. The narrative of Jesus' ascension is a mystery, however, with a difference. Unlike the way detective stories have taught us to think of mysteries, the ascension is not a puzzle to be solved, but a possibility to be lived fully into, in rich yet risky ways. In the ascension, 
we see human beings drawn into the story of God in ways thoroughly unimaginable and even daunting, and then being empowered to live fully into the infinite possibilities that such a life holds. This comes out clearly in today's scripture reading from the Acts of the Apostles. The disciples are made a part of God's story through an unfamiliar entry point, the seeming disappearance of Jesus from their lives. This happens at a crucial point in their lives, just after those frightening and exhilarating few weeks of Easter, when amazed and confused, they have almost got used to the possibility of meeting Jesus in unexpected faces and places, as Rowan Williams puts it. It also seems to be a point of hope in their lives, a point of hope when the disciples expectantly ask Jesus whether this is the time he would fulfill the long-held hopes of the restoration of their kingdom. And it is at this precipice of hope that Jesus is taken away from the midst. No wonder then that when Jesus disappears, the disciples are perplexed and are caught gazing up towards heaven, struggling not to lose sight of that source of power around which they have learned to build their lives and their hopes. The message of the Ascension story to the disciples, very much like the message of the resurrection story, is to not cling to familiar ways of knowing God, but to be open to new ways in which God might be present and alive in the world. They are called to a maturity of faith in that which is not materially tangible. And it is here that the mystery of the ascension unfolds. It conveys the powerful truth that it is during times of God's seeming absence when the last signs of our hope seem to disappear fast behind the clouds of hopelessness, uncertainty, doubt, and despair, that God also enters human lives with a new and transformative intimacy and depth. I'm reminded of the Ascension Feet statue found in the Ascension Chapel of the Shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham in England, which like other Ascension pictures, depicts Jesus' nail-marked feet hanging out of the ceiling over the altar. Once you look at the statue, there is a strange feeling that the nail-driven feet of Jesus that are ascending up to heaven are also at the same time descending down to the earth, not in the faraway future, but in the immediate present, erupting into our present realities with the power of healing and hope. The mystery of the ascension is not only that we as humans are drawn into the life of God, the Holy Trinity, 
but that God as our creator, sustainer, and redeemer is also drawn into the life of the world through the one who, according to the letter of the Ephesians, fills all in all. As the New Testament scholar Tom Wright puts it, the Jesus who has gone into God's dimension is the human Jesus. He bears human flesh and the marks of man-made nails and spear to this day as he lives within God's dimension, not far away, but as near to us as breath itself. Not far away, but as near to us as breath itself. As I mentioned earlier, the second defining feature of good mysteries are that these mysteries are often hidden in plain sight. One can also speak of the ascension as mystery if we consider those aspects of the ascension that are often hidden in plain sight. One of the words associated with the ascension is glory. The words of the Apostles' Creed, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, capture something of this sense of glory and power. The various Bible readings for today also capture the idea of glory alongside the symbolism of the ascension. However, this idea of glory is also hidden in plain sight if you take a closer look at our Bible readings for today. In the reading from the Psalms, God who rides upon the clouds inhabits holy places precisely when acting as the father of orphans and protector of widows. In the Gospel of John, we find the word glory being used in relation to both the story of God's incarnation in Christ as the word made flesh, as well as in relation to God in, in Jesus finishing his work in this world, which is strongly related to the words of Jesus on the cross. It is finished. In the first letter of Peter, glory is scandalously put alongside suffering that comes from resisting the empires of the times. The glory of Christ that is at the heart of the ascension is a glory that finds its fullest expression when hidden in solidarity and suffering. Therefore, it makes sense to talk of the ascension as both a story of taking from and taking up. Jesus is taken from the midst of the disciples, but Jesus' disciples also take up a new life in the Spirit. As a story which is both a story of taking from as well as a story of taking up, the ascension reminds us of the possibility that the light of God's love is often refracted and dispersed into a rainbow of forms through the prison of fragile lives, offering a ray of hope and sometimes an arc of justice. Because God in Christ abides all in all. 
During this pandemic time, we have seen many such refractions of love, ranging from churches in India which have provided food and shelter to the hundreds of migrants walking hundreds of kilometers to reach the place they call home, the, churches, the church in Berlin which has opened its doors during this season of Ramadan so that their Muslim neighbors can say their prayers with appropriate social distancing, and members of our own congregation who are involved in the food distribution initiative in Vernet, and the many other sisters and brothers of other faiths and none who have acted in love and compassion inspired by their own traditions. For us as Christians, these initiatives remind us and draw us fully into the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, a mystery that is neither shaped like a kingdom nor like heaven, but rather like a mustard seed, tiny but with the potential of making a significant difference. As we seek to live into this mystery, empowered by the spirit which was promised by Jesus on the day of his ascension, may we bear compassionate and committed testimony to that mystery of faith that we proclaim through the words, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Amen.